The mindset that I want to change for small business owners everywhere is legal is not scary and expensive. Legal is just something you have to take care of. And it's only scary and expensive until you wait until you need an attorney. You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Koch, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Hello, welcome back to the show. I'm Jackie Koch, your host, and today I'm finally talking to one of my friends who I cannot believe has taken this long to come on the show. I'm chatting with legal expert Andrea Sager. Andrea is an author and the CEO and founder of Legalpreneur, a legal tech startup that focuses on offering affordable legal services to businesses of all sizes while working at a corporate firm Andrea noticed a gap in the legal industry. No one was catering to the small, innovative startup brands dominating her social media feeds. So as a serial entrepreneur, she knew firsthand the importance of building a business with a solid legal foundation. However, she also knew that many new businesses simply don't have the funds needed to do this. That realization led to the development of Legalpreneur because legal services should be accessible to everyone. And let me tell you, she delivers on this episode. You get a wealth of knowledge, and I'm sure you're going to feverishly take notes. You're going to walk away knowing the three basics that you need to have in order to protect your business. And this is just general business, not even just HR or employment related. So excited for you to learn from her. And we're going to dive in. Andrea, this is such a long time coming. I can't believe we haven't recorded the show yet. How is this possible? (laughs) I know. I was just thinking the same thing. (laughs) Like we talk almost every, sometimes it's every week for a while. And then for sure, every couple of months, but we've never, all of a sudden I was like, I need to interview you for the show. (laughs) Like, how has this not happened yet? Welcome. I'm so excited you're here and listeners are in for a treat. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited about this. I, we have such complimentary practices and this is a long time coming. (laughs) Totally. Actually, listeners, you might not find this funny, but And like, we literally were at the same things the last two (laughs) days in a row and missed each other, like for speaking things and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And now we're recording live via video, even though we could have just seen each other yesterday. We missed each other in passing, which is hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I know I saw Nick and I was like, where's Jackie? And he's (laughs) like, oh, she's getting ready for a trip. When you're just trying to front load stuff in your business, Mm -hmm. I'm sure listeners can appreciate when you know you're going to be traveling. You're like, okay, I'm trying to get as much stuff done. So I'm not stressed out about it before we go, but it's been a lot. Yeah. I'm really excited to sit in the woods next and not do anything. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. When I was launching my business, you were the first person that I was told and wanted to go to help me do some of the the scary legal stuff right. A lot of listeners to the show are small business owners. They have businesses or they're thinking about having a business and It can be very scary to think about what do I have to do to protect my business? Do Mm -hmm. I have to file? Do I have to register my business? What do I need to do? And you are the expert in all of those things and more. But I really want to share some of your knowledge with listeners on just legal implications of running a business outside of just employment law, because we've talked a lot about that on the show. Yeah, no, I. that's what I love chatting about. 
Perfect. Well, first, can you give listeners a background into your founder story, how you became an entrepreneur and a little bit of your background? Yeah. So I'm a serial entrepreneur at heart. I started my first business in law school. Not that I was bored or anything, but I was poor Mm -hmm. and I needed to make money and you really can't work in law school. So I had my first business and then I got the big dreamy law firm offer right out of law school working in the tallest building in Cincinnati. Like it it was just beautiful from the outside looking in, but I was absolutely miserable. And I wanted to work with small businesses because from that first business, I had a huge network of small business owners and they were constantly coming to me at the big firm, but they couldn't afford the rates and the big firm didn't want to serve them anyway. And so I saw this gap. And at that point, right before that, I had remember always hearing in the entrepreneur thought leader space, oh, fill a gap, fill a need. And I'm like, how am I going to know what a gap is? How am I going to find this need? (laughs) And then it hit me all of a sudden. I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. This This is is it. Yes. (laughs) And I remember sitting in this office one day, it was 2017, 2018. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, that would be so cool if I could be the go-to attorney for online business owners, small business owners. And it was about a year ago. So that, yeah, 2017, 2018. And then a year ago, I was sitting in my house and I just had this flashback. I was like, oh my gosh, I am that go-to attorney. This is so cool. Like I totally manifested that. In May, 2018, I launched my own firm, Andrea Sager Law, and that took off really quickly. I was very lucky. I just knew, I, I really attributed it to that first business and knowing at least just a little bit about marketing and sales and how to get business. Because what I see from a lot of solo attorneys is they're so focused on being the best attorney they can be, which is not a bad thing. But if you don't have clients, it doesn't matter how good of an attorney you are. So I ended up really growing really fast. We had a million dollars within a couple of years. And then divorce happened. I realized my marriage was not working out and it just wasn't working out. And so I decided to separate, leave the marriage. And at that point, I had more clients that I wanted to serve in the law firm. And I had attorneys coming to me asking for help. And I had always had this idea of legalpreneur of what it is today. I had that idea years ago. And after getting through the divorce and doing a lot of healing work, I was like, okay, it's now or never. So now we're all in with legalpreneur, which helps small businesses cover their assets and get lawyered up. And then for solo attorneys, we help them build the law firm of the dreams of their dreams. And then we connect the two. So it's been a long time coming. It's been a beautiful journey, but I'm very grateful and happy to be where we are today because we get to serve so many more people than I would ever be able to in my law firm. That's amazing. How many lawyers do you have on? I know we've talked a lot about it and I haven't asked you lately, like how many lawyers do you have in the, I'll call it a marketplace? I'm so curious. So we have about 20 to 30 in the marketplace. And then we just launched our six month mentorship for attorneys. And that's really helping them because the marketplace gets them clients, but a lot of them don't even have the structure in their law firm. So that's what the six month mentorship is for. And so we're, we just launched our first cohort. We have about five in there right now. And so my goal is to eventually get to have a new cohort every month of 10 attorneys every month. And then we'll just be helping hundreds of attorneys be able to grow the law firm of their dreams. And I very specifically don't say build a multi-million dollar firm because not everybody 
really needs to make a million dollars. Or wants to. Exactly. I pulled that number out of my butt, which most people do. It's, oh, I want to make a million dollars. And I did. And then it's, okay, cool. Now what? Okay, this is cool. But eh. (laughs) I love that. That is amazing. Was it a year ago when you just were, we were talking about launching and you were going to do it. Now you have that many attorneys. That's incredible. And also what an awesome industry to help support them in building jobs they love. Because I actually can't, You, it's like, don't they say doctors and attorneys are like some of the most miserable yes. professions to be in? Yes. And like you're helping people like, and it's also something that's so needed and it can't just go away. It's like, if we don't have attorneys, we can't like do some of the work. So like, how cool is it that you get to help them create what like their dream business? Yeah. And in the mentorship, that's actually a big part of the first part of it is mindset and changing the industry as a whole. It starts with us. And so if really overcoming those limiting beliefs, because it's such an archaic industry and in order to change the industry, we have to change. And so that's a big part of the beginning of the mentorship. That is cool. I'm so excited for you. Thank I'm you. so proud of you. Thank you. So awesome. <laughs> okay. So maybe there's attorneys listening to the show. Go become a mentor of Andrea and create a business you love. My guess is the majority are not attorneys listening to my show. And most of them are probably the ones who need attorneys for running their business. So I know as we've spoken, there's some core things that you believe businesses need to have in place to protect their business. Can you start? Can you share some of those? And let's start talking about those together. Yeah. So I teach what's called the core three. And these are the three things that every single business needs to get taken care of. Now, these aren't the only three things that you need, but every single business has these same three needs. Every business will have additional needs, but that will be dependent on what type of business and how big, how small, revenue, all those different factors. But the core three are business entities, contracts, and intellectual property. So with entities, this is how you legally operate your business. And I am of the approach that you need to have an LLC as quickly as possible. An LLC is a limited liability company. It limits you as an individual from the debts of your company. So if you're a sole proprietor, which a lot of new businesses are, and if you haven't filed any documents with your state or if you've just filed a DBA, you are a sole proprietor. This means that you and your business are the same. So if you accidentally do something in your business that can cause it to get sued, you're getting sued personally. Now, I've heard a million and one things of why you should wait to file an LLC, why you should wait for this. And I can back up every one of those and say, no, you need to be an LLC as quickly as possible. Because if you're thinking, good. Sorry, I'm going to ask, what would be some of the reasons, I guess maybe... Not the reasons why you shouldn't, but reasons why people don't do it. Maybe those are probably two different things. What would be some of the reasons why somebody doesn't? Is I'm assuming just not knowing. They right. Need to is one of them. Yes. Number one is that they're just not aware. They're not educated on it. And there's nothing wrong with not being educated. You just don't know. And that's what I'm here for. So not knowing. And number two, what I hear a lot is, oh, don't worry about the LLC until you're making $100,000 a year in your business. Or the LLC really doesn't protect you. Those two are what I've heard a lot lately. And 
the reason why people will say, hey, don't worry about it until you're making $100,000 in your business is because they're thinking about the S-Corp election. The S-Corp election. Yes. The tax benefits. Just remember, as an LLC, that's your liability limitation. The S-Corp is your taxes. They are two different things. When you file the LLC, you can make the S-Corp election, but you don't have to. A lot of people in accounting, finance, they tie the two as in the same as being one. So if you file the LLC, you have to make the S-Corp election, but they're not aware of your personal liability. And if you don't have assets right now, you're like, oh, I don't need it. I don't even have assets they can come after. All I got is debt. Yeah, what are yeah. they going to get? <laughs> exactly. But the <laughs> goal is to have assets. And so if you're not protected today and you do something today that causes you to get sued in a year or two when you have that many more assets, guess what? They can come after whatever they want in the business personally because you didn't have that separation. And so you have to protect yourself as soon as possible in order to be protected in the future as well. Got it. And I guess I would imagine it gets backdated too. Like a lot of times like, if you do something, I'm going to use an example in my business, right? Because I'm in HR and sometimes I, I give advice to people on what to do that could result in them getting sued or something. And let's just say that I do that and they're like, they sue me for negligence and I am, don't have an LLC at the time in which I give them the advice, but the time in which they get sued and they sue me. Am I protected at the time? Like, what does the timeline matter? It does. So if you are not an LLC at the time of the act, so the time you are negligent, but you are an LLC at the time they sue you, it doesn't matter. Because when it actually happened, you were not an LLC. Damn. And I've been an LLC for the whole time because I knew this because of you. But damn to you listening who oh, haven't done it. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. And it it really irks me when I hear somebody say, oh, don't worry about it till you're making $100,000. I'm like, first of all, that's basically giving legal advice and that's not okay. Second of all, that's awful advice. <laughs> so no matter what you've heard, if even if you want to, you can ask me, and, oh, I heard this, and I will give you all the reasons why that's wrong when it comes to fi- waiting to file the LLC, because you need to be protected as quickly as possible. Yes, it's a little bit of money for a lot of protection, though, and it goes so far to protect you. Is there any reason why, is there any scenario at all in which being a sole proprietor makes sense? People want to attribute the cost to it, but... Like I said, it's a little bit of money for a lot of protection. I don't even feel like it's that much it, money. It's not. It's all, of course, it's all relative. But and the filing fees so vary. Where you live. Right. So the filing fees vary from fifty dollars to eight hundred dollars, but it varies by state. So you really just want to be protected. Even if you haven't made a dollar yet, you're still doing things that could cause you to get sued down the road. So if you're building buzz on social media and you post a photo that doesn't belong to you, guess what? That's copyright infringement and you can get sued for that. So even if you have not yet made a dollar, let's say in a year or two from now, you're making millions of dollars and that person that knows you infringed on their copyright, they've just been sitting in the background waiting to find out that you have more assets, you're making more money. That's what they're waiting for. What jerks. 
They aren't they? Okay, so entity matters. <laughs> that what I'm hearing is entity matters. Yes. I'm so glad I've done this. Yes. And so typically for small businesses, an LLC is the way to go. We have a corporation that typically, and all of course, this is all like general information. If you want one-on-one advice, you need to chat with an attorney. But the time that it's best to go with the corporation is when you plan to have investors. So Legalpreneur, we started as an LLC. And then we decided, hey, it's time to go all in. We want to grow scale. We want to have investors. That's when we switch to a corporation. So it's okay to start as an LLC and then change if things change down the road, but you still want that liability protection as quickly as possible. Okay. That totally makes sense. Awesome. Listeners, just do it. Okay. Okay. So now what's the second thing? Contracts. And rule number one of contracts is to not be afraid to use them. I hear all the time from small businesses, oh, it's just this small thing. It's a handshake deal. I've known this person forever. Or, oh, like we agreed to these terms. So I don't want to put it in writing and blah, blah, No, 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 no. <laughs> Even if you're like, oh, I'm just this small business and I don't have to worry about this. And I'm very spiritual, very woo-woo in like that whole space. But if you're into manifestation, law of attraction, rule number one is act as if. And so if you are trying to make this business work, you want to be a business owner, guess what? You are a business owner. Business owners use contracts. They use written contracts. So just start using them. And it, you don't have to work one-on-one with an attorney and spend thousands of dollars to get written agreements for your business. As a new business owner, it's perfectly fine to start with contract templates. And then as you get more experience in business, you'll realize, hey, I like this. I don't like this in my contract. I want to change this. That's when you'll graduate to a custom contract with an attorney. But at least get started using something. And the contracts that you need, if you have a website, you always need a privacy policy and terms and conditions. And then anytime money's changing hands, that's always when you want to use a written agreement. If you're hiring an employee, if you're hiring a contractor, if you are working with a podcast editor, if you have hired a social media manager, whatever it is, anytime money's changing hands, of course, your client agreements, like anytime money is changing hands, make sure there is something in writing. Do you have any examples? Or I'm sure you do. Can you share an example of a time when somebody didn't do this and the impact it had on them? Yes. So let me play this out practically speaking, because one thing that I've heard from entrepreneurs is, oh, the contract's just worth the paper that it's written on because you're not going to sue them or the contract isn't worth anything unless you're going to sue them. But and And that's true. You're most likely not going to sue someone. However, the reality of it is, that contract is still going to save you, especially if you accept credit card payments. Because what we're trying to do, what I'm trying to do is help you, the small business owner, protect yourself as much as possible without ending up in court. So let's say you take credit card payments and you don't use written agreements and a client wants to file a chargeback which means they go to their credit card company and they say, hey, I didn't get what I paid for, or hey, this was a fraudulent charge, blah, 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 whatever. So the credit card company reverses the charge. And most payment processors allow you to fight that charge back and show like, hey, 
this is, this is actually what they paid for. This isn't fraud. You can fight it. Well, what's the number one thing that these credit card companies are looking for when fighting a chargeback? They are looking for a signature on a piece of paper. They're looking for a written agreement with a signature. So that's what you're really protecting yourself against. I- I'm the first person to say, I don't want to sue anybody. I don't, I'm, I like to say I'm a lazy lawyer. Like I don't want to be in court. I want to stay here in my pajamas every day and just work on my computer. But seriously, what you're protecting yourself against is all these little things online. And so even though you don't want to sue someone or hopefully you don't get sued, there's still things you have to protect yourself against, including chargebacks. Even if you've never had a chargeback in your business before, as you get more experience, most likely you're going to experience a chargeback. And that's okay. Like people are people. It's going to happen. But you just have to know that you've done what you can to protect yourself. I've had a client lose $18,000 from a chargeback. On a chargeback? Yes. Oh, my God. $18,000. And that's absolutely a place where you would want to sue someone. But you also have to think about the headache, the time, still the fees to actually sue someone. You want to make sure that you can protect yourself as much as possible in the event a chargeback happens, or even if you do want to sue someone, because if you do actually, I have had clients that have sued people to get their money. And when you have that written agreement, not only do they have to pay you your fees, but they also are responsible for triple the damages plus attorney fees. So having that written agreement makes it worth it to actually sue someone because of the implications that come about because there was a written agreement. You helped me with this. Now, it was different. Like, I had signed up for a software. I will not name the company because I'm nice. But I had signed up for a software. It was like a $3 billion company. And the software sucked. Like, it was terrible. It was not doing what it needed to. And I stopped paying. my. I was on an annual contract. I was supposed to make payments every quarter. And I stopped paying it. And I was avoiding it for a while because I was like... I don't want to deal with this, but I'm not paying it. And I was just pissed off at myself for getting into it, right? I was like, Andrea, this is not working. Like, it sucks. Is there any way that I can get out of this? Like, I at least just want to try. And you read the contract and you and you told me what to say, like what terms to refer to. And I did a really good job in that I did document you all did. the times that I reached out to you them. You did. You did a great job of that documentation. Thank you. I'm proud of that one. And I got out of the contract. Yeah. I beat a billion, like a multiple billion dollar company. My little tiny business <laughs> making no money was able to prove that I think actually it was just so annoying to them that they're like, just let her out of this contract. <laughs> She's the most annoying thing on the planet. But I ended up being able They just like basically changed the contracts for me so that I didn't have to pay the remainder of the contract, but I still had access to it. So I still used it a little bit. Mm, There you go. I was impressed, first of all, with your documentation. That was great. But in that situation, and this is smart on the company's fault, they won't ever admit fault because they don't want you to come back and sue and say this or that. I know they were at fault, but they didn't want to actually admit that to you. And they're just like, yes, you are out of this contract. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. But the written agreement helped me with that in just by signing somebody else's and the same thing you would have if you, like I would have been able, it was just another example of how having that to refer to when there is a dispute helps so much. 
And I wasn't trying to be a dick to these this company. Their software really yeah. wasn't great. I When I say I kept using it, I used it very minimally, but would use it to look stuff up. Yeah. yeah. And you did a great job in your communication because I read all the emails with them. Like you were just explaining to them like, hey, I'm trying to do this. And they like didn't respond. They couldn't even help you. They didn't, I don't even think they knew what was going on. <laughs> no, they didn't. They did not know anything. But So that's my example of how written contracts work. And I can see where there's times when I might need that yeah. to protect me if applying comes back at me and all of that stuff. So definitely get that. Okay. And I know they can get listeners, like, you can find contracts anywhere. Like, you could Google a contract. I don't know that I would recommend doing that. Andrea, I know you have contracts and stuff that you provide. Is that part of Legalpreneur or how could people find that? Yeah. So everything I talk about here, we include in our Legalpreneur membership, but it's also a la carte. So I know you'll put the link in the show notes, but we have... The Legalpreneur membership, which includes the LLC filing, the contract templates, the trademark search, the business audit, like the whole, the full comprehensive approach to protecting your business is in the membership. And then if you want just the LLC filing, you can do that. If you want just the contract templates, you can do that. What we do is divide our contract templates into bundles by different niches. So if you're a business coach, there's a bundle for business coaches. If you are a marketing professional, if you are in the beauty business, if you are in, if you have a small local business, we have contracts for that. And every bundle comes with a privacy policy and terms and conditions because everybody Mm -hmm. should have a website today. And those are absolute no brainer. They have to be on your website no matter what. So all of that's included or you can buy it a la carte. Amazing. Okay, cool. So we're still missing the third thing. Yes. I think you touched on it, but let's make sure we give them the goods on that one. Yeah. So intellectual property, this is my absolute favorite. Just to toot my own horn a little bit, I am currently ranked number 27 out of 40,000 trademark attorneys in the United Hell States. Hell yes, you are. <laughs> that's amazing. That's my, that's like my brag for the past year because I slept on it for a while because most attorney rankings are just like, oh, top lawyers, best lawyers, but they actually aggregated all the data, all of the trademark filings versus getting approved. And I was like, oh my God, like this is actually a this is something to be proud of. So I like, is it better than what do you put behind your name when you pass the lawyer? Some people do like ESQ for Esquire. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't do anything. I don't do anything. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. I just love intellectual property because it really is protecting your brand and that's your most valuable asset. So intellectual property is patents, trademarks, and copyrights. Patents are new inventions, and trademarks is your brand identity. Copyrights are your content. Now, when it comes to protecting yourself, copyrights, you automatically have protection the moment the work is created. You don't have to have a registration. However, with trademarks, you have to have a registration. And how I mentioned earlier, like all this stuff that I talk about, it's still important, even if you're not going to sue someone, especially in the online space, let's say, because in the online space, we've all done it. We've used a photo that we found on Google or Pinterest. Guess what? That's copyright infringement. And you can get sued for that. I've never done this, Andrea, ever. 
Good. I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> Have you heard the Chris and Lori story about it? About her picture being all over. Well, no, no. Asia? Her <laughs> picture. Do you know that? I do know that. But they got a cease and desist letter back in 2018 for a picture of potato salad that was used in one of her meal plans from like years ago. Oh my and God. this is when Chris was like, oh my God gosh and he like went and this was like divine timing because this is when i found him and then like he was like yes everybody needs you because this happened to us but <laughs> this he tells that story no, all I the time i never knew that yes. i never knew that yeah i think they That's had to so pay funny. like two thousand dollars to make it go away so it happens all the time so first what was it on betty's potato salad <laughs> that they took the picture <laughs> i have no idea i have no idea but basically when you, let's say somebody steals your photo. And first of all, copyrights are photos, videos, blog posts, podcast recordings, all your content, all of the consistent content you're creating, that's protected with a copyright. Now, let's say somebody stole your photo, your video, whatever it is, they posted it as their own. That's copyright infringement. And you don't want to sue somebody for it because they probably don't have money to get so you just want that content removed. You can reach out to them and hopefully they'll take it down. But if they don't, all you have to do is submit a copyright takedown on what you do. Let's say if it's on Instagram, you Google Instagram copyright takedown or Instagram DMCA takedown. And there's going to be a reporting form. Fill that out. And that content is going to be removed within a couple of days. Now, that's how you're policing your brand online. That's for okay. copyrights. And remember, with copyrights, you don't have to have the registration to have rights. So in order to use this reporting form, you do not have to have the registration. However, it feels so exhausting to do that. It, it is. We do this for clients. We have different monitoring plans to police their work for them because it does become a bear. Seriously. However, for trademarks, you have to have the trademark registration in order to use these forms. And... So I tell clients all the time, your money's typically better spent on a trademark application rather than a copyright application. And with trademarks, it's not just the same exact name that's infringement. It can be anything similar. So if there's a similar name, a similar brand out there that has the account that is your brand, you can get that taken down and use that name yourself. On Instagram for Legalpreneur, Way back in the day, I didn't have Legalpreneur or The Legalpreneur. They were both taken. They were dormant accounts. But the day we got the trademark registration, I submitted a takedown to Instagram. And within a couple of days, we had those accounts. And that's because we had the trademark registration. And we do this all the time for clients because, like I said, it's not realistic to sue all these people. But you still want to police your brand. You want to make sure that you're enforcing what you have built. Also, not always necessary to sue somebody. Oh, yeah. Very rarely is it. Yeah. That's awesome. I can't believe yeah. somebody else had legalpreneur. Like, such a random word. I know. I know. They were dormant accounts. Like, they weren't being used. But, yeah, it was weird. And, and what we do now, and this is what I suggest for anybody that does have trademark registrations, is getting a routine every few months or once a month. Search Google, search social media for your name and submit takedowns for anybody using it because you don't want it to catch fire and really it become common, commonplace because there are many brands that have lost the rights to their name. Girl Boss by Sofia Maruso. She no longer has a trademark. Boss Babe doesn't have a trademark. 
Anybody that applies for anything with Boss Babe in the name, they get denied because the trademark office says that it's overused. It's a commonplace term now. Ouch. Yeah. So if you don't use it, you lose it. If you don't enforce it, you lose it. Ouch. I didn't even think about that one. Yeah. So what would happen? What if you wrote a book? I did write a and book. I know you guys. Okay. <laughs> so let's use you, for example, because you are a published author, <laughs> the only one on this show currently. So let's assume that you wrote a book, Legalpreneur, right? Or, yeah. Well, you did. I did. Let's, you yeah. did write this book. Okay. I did write the Legalpreneur yes, book. You did. And it's an amazing book. So I don't want to discredit it. Let's assume all of that's done and you never filed the trademark. And somebody else, this dormant account, oh, I filed this or whatever. And they were to file it. What would happen to the book? Yeah, so good question. So that's a tricky example because the trademark office specifically says the title of one book cannot be protected with a trademark. It has to be a Hmm. series of books. Legalpreneur is protected with a trademark. That's because it's our brand, but it happened to be the name of the book as well. So if it's a series of books, you can protect it. However, I know what you're saying. So if some, if you're, if you started this thing, it has the name, but you didn't file the trademark and then somebody comes along after and files the trademark, what happens? I see this all the time. What it comes down to is who has priority to the name? Who was in business first? Whoever was in business first has priority to the name. Now, there's still a million other things that can go on. So if you have priority, so you were in business first, but somebody filed the trademark before you and they got the trademark, you only have about five to six years to cancel that trademark and maintain your rights. Okay. If you wait too long, you can lose that priority. You always want to make sure that you are protecting your brand as quickly as possible because you don't want to lose the rights to what you've built up. And another one is legal names. Even if it's your legal name, how you're conducting business, you still have to protect that with the trademark because just because it's your legal name doesn't mean you're legal to conduct business with that name. Think about all the fashion designers, Calvin Klein, Kate Spade, Rebecca Minkoff. Nobody can go and start a similar brand with those names. They're protected with trademarks. Totally makes sense. So doing it early matters. But what if you're just in business and you're like, I don't know if this is like my name long term. What do you do? Great question. So what I tell clients is first things first, you always want to make sure that you're doing a thorough trademark search. And that's making sure there aren't any similar names. Because like I said, it's not just the same exact name that can be infringement. It's anything similar enough to where consumers are likely to be confused. So if there's a similar name and you could see, oh, somebody could be confused as to who is the owner of this business or that business, you have to make sure that you have the rights you think you have because you don't want to build this business and realize, oh my gosh, I've been infringing on somebody this whole time. And then I have to rebrand. And if I get that cease and desist letter, I may have to pay damages. And that's happened plenty of times where, you know, somebody launches and they immediately get a cease and desist letter. Gosh. Yeah, it's the worst. It's, it's so defeating because it's like, I have so much yeah. anxiety thinking about this right now. Like I'm feeling I have to go and do so much. No, no, don't don't do that. Just know that, hey, be intentional about it. Don't just keep putting yeah. it on the back burner because that's where people get stuck. And people always hear about, oh, legal, it's expensive, it's scary. It's only expensive and scary if you wait until you need an attorney. 
if you Same. are pro, preach. Yes, that is how I am. I'm like, it, oh God, like it's only expensive to have employees if you don't do simple stuff first. Yes, yes, yes. That's really the mindset that I want to change for small business owners everywhere is legal is not scary and expensive. Legal is just something you have to take care of. And it's only scary and expensive until you wait until you need an attorney. Preach. Yeah. I think we should end there. <laughs> Mic drop. Done. <laughs> just kidding. So good. So good. Okay. So helpful. I'm sure everyone listening to the show has been taking notes and knows what they need to go and do. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you think is super important that they know as it relates to these three basics? We covered the basics and really high level. I do have a free training that goes into everything a little bit more in depth. And uh, I'll give you the link. You can put it in the show notes. But that is, it's a one hour training. It covers all this stuff in more detail, covering Great. more like what if situations and like how to actually do it on your own. Because I'm the first person to say everything's figure outable. You don't have yeah. to, you don't have to work with an attorney. If you're a DIYer, yes, everything can be done on your own. However, if you're somebody that's, I don't even want to touch this stuff, that's where we come in and we can still yeah. do everything for you. The legal preneur membership, it's incredibly affordable. You get all access to your very own attorney. And we really just take all that boring back-end stuff away from you. You can just focus on the fun, sexy stuff that you want to do in your business. Amazing. Awesome. This has been so helpful. I'm sure listeners got so much. I also, I, every time I talk to you, I learned something new. So definitely <laughs> thank you for that. Selfishly, I got legal advice without booking a call with you just from having you come yeah. on the show. So thank you. Okay, so we'll drop information about Legalpreneur in the notes. How can listeners learn more from you? I know you have a podcast and I know you have a book and I know you're active on social. So give listeners the best place where they can come follow you to stay in the know on some of these things. Yeah, so the book is available on Amazon or anywhere you f buy books online. It's Legalpreneur, the business owner's guide to legally protecting your business. This is a, basically a compilation of all the free information we put out on the internet. Instead of going here, then there, it's just all in one book. But if you just want to randomly learn something on a Tuesday afternoon when I pop up on your feed, follow on Instagram, <laughs> TikTok, at The Legalpreneur. I'm putting out t a ton of free content all the time. That's really what I enjoy doing is just creating short videos. And of course, TheLegalpreneur.com. And I know you'll put the link in the show notes for the training and everything else. Yeah, feel free to awesome. check it all out. Well, it's always so fun to connect. Thank you so much for giving listeners your time and coming on the show. And listeners, go follow Andrea. She's You'll learn stuff new every day. And you'll yeah. laugh a lot, yeah. too. She's not your boring lawyer. Poker you know. lawyer. Ex yes. You, congrats on all of that, by the way. Thank um, you. That's amazing. Okay. Well, we'll talk again soon. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. If you're not driving, stop and take a moment to share this episode with someone who you thought about while listening. Share it with your team to show them you're committed to their growth. Share it with a fellow business owner in your network who you know will be moved by the message. Heck, share it with your mother, your brother, your sister, or your cousin. Your support in growing the show means the world to me.